And as I said earlier, to put in perspective the gift of, of a true pastor from, from a biblical vantage point. Um, I'm sorry, Pastor Keith, that I'm the one doing this tonight because it was going to be Jameis Edwards. And uh, Jameis got sick and called me from Louisville. He, he was supposed to spend a few days there and uh, couldn't and just had to come back home immediately. So um, you got your fellow pastor for tonight. <laughs> but he's coming to preach in God willing in February, so we'll look forward to his ministry. I want you all to turn in your Bibles, please, to Ephesians chapter 4. This is certainly one passage that comes to my mind very quickly when I think about the gift of a pastor. And that is the key word tonight, the word gift. A true pastor is a gift because a true pastor comes, even as I intimated in my prayer, from God. And what a wonderful gift it is. The Apostle Paul makes reference to true pastors as a gift in this fourth chapter. And I would like to start reading with verse 7, and I'll just take us through verse 16, but my focus will be upon verse 11. But notice in verse 7, but grace was given to each one of us. Even though he had just opened up the oneness that we have, a sevenfold oneness, one body, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, etc. Now he begins to focus our attention upon the individuality of our lives and our ministry. So he says, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So you come in to the picture already in verse 7. You are a believer. You are a part of a local church. Grace has been given to you according to the measure of Christ's gift. And raising the subject of a gift, the Apostle Paul remembers a prophetic passage found in Psalm 68. Verse 18, where we find very similar words. It says, when he ascended, and this is referring, of course, to the Lord Jesus. When he ascended on high, he led a host, an army of captives. And we may think of those captives as believers. We belong to that army of people that Christ purchased and made a part of his great army. We have been made captive to our Savior. And we have even ascended with him, he says earlier in this epistle. And then we read in the rest of that quotation from Psalm, and he gave gifts to men. I'm going to pause long enough to ask you to remember that in, in days of old, especially during the days that the Apostle Paul wrote, when a victorious military general came back from his victorious campaign, there was a kind of ticker tape parade. 
people lined the streets. And often the general of the army or even the emperor would ride in a chariot to lead the parade. And in that chariot would be spoils from the kingdom. And they were tossed out and thrown to the right hand and to the left of the people who lined the streets while they cheered. They were receiving gifts. And so the Apostle Paul conjures up in our minds that beautiful picture of our triumphant captain, the Lord Jesus Christ, who triumphed over Satan. But as the ascended Christ, Paul says that he gave gifts. And then he just identifies for us so that there's no question who he's talking about in verse 9. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower parts of the earth. That's something we're all thinking about these days as we remember the incarnation and the birth of, Lord, of the Lord Jesus Christ. He descended. He is the one, he says, who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. So the reference is clearly to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then speaking of him, Paul puts it this way. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. In the original language, there is no conjunction and. Really, we would put a slash or a hyphen. Pastor teachers. He gave pastor teachers. Now we know that the apostles no longer live. We do not live in the apostolic age. It is not ongoing. We don't believe there are prophets in the same way that there were. Whether or not there are evangelists, that is sometimes debated. But if we think of men who are especially gifted at going into places where the gospel has not been heard and preaching and winning souls to Christ, gathering them together and teaching them sort of like a church planter or as a missionary, then surely there are men who have such gifts but one thing is for absolutely sure he is still giving to the church pastor teachers and i think it's significant that in the case of our dear pastor keith that is especially evident if you've sat in any of his classes you know about his gift to teach he is a pastor he is a shepherd he loves his people cares for his flock, but he teaches in a wonderfully clear and helpful way. He is surely a pastor slash teacher, and he has been given to this church. Now, why does Christ give pastor teachers to the church? The answer is in verse 12 and following. It's primarily to equip the saints for the work of ministry, and that's something that Heritage is more and more um, concerned about and earnest about and seeking to make clear to you these days. Pastors and teachers, for the purpose of equipping the saints to the work of ministry, God has given us to you so that we might equip you for ministry. And the outworking and the blessing of that equipping you for ministry is the building up of the body which Paul mentions in the latter part of verse 12. 
We're building up the body of Christ. How long will this process go on until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood? A mature church is a church where pastors who have the gift of teaching equip the saints for work of ministry. And that's what produces a more mature church. And then he goes on to explain how each one of us become a part of that body. And he goes into the analogy of the body. You'll notice uh, in verse 15, we speak the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, see the analogy, the whole body joined and held together by every joint. This is where you come in. This is where you become a gift. He gives gifts to the church, not just pastor teachers. But when we think of the analogy of the body, every believer who is a part of a local church is one of those joints which the body is supplied with. And so the Apostle Paul mentions how we help hold together the body. And then he goes on to say when each part is working properly. There again, you come in. You are a part. We are in the word every, and we are in the word each. And each part is working properly. That makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So here the Apostle Paul is helping us understand how Christ builds local churches. He gives to those churches pastor teachers so that they can equip the saints or build up the saints for the work of ministry. And as we minister in each other's lives, we build up the whole and we function according to the gift that he makes mention of In verse 7, but grace was given to each one of us. So as your ability to serve the body and to help build up the body manifests itself, don't forget that it's in part because God has given us pastors. And tonight our focus is upon Pastor Keith. He is one of those pastors who's helping to equip this flock. And so that we might um, make our personal contribution to the maturation of this congregation. Now, I want to just draw this observation tonight. What was necessary in order for Christ to ascend in order that he might give gifts to the church? See the reference to his ascension in verse 8 and again in verse 9. Well, if you're thinking theologically, you would say, well, in order for Christ to ascend to a position of authority where he could actually give gifts to the church, he would have to have pleased God the Father in order to be placed upon such a throne. And that would be exactly right. 
So if you're thinking biblically and theologically, the answer to the question is, well, Pastor Ted, in order for Christ to give gifts to the church, he he must have accomplished the work of redemption. He must have satisfied God the Father in his atonement. And again, you would be exactly right. So we could put it like this. The Lord Jesus, in order to give gifts to the church, had to live a sinless life in order to make a propitiating or a satisfactory atonement in order to be raised from the dead because he wouldn't have been raised from the dead if he had not satisfied God the Father in order to be ascended. And so the cost of the gift of a pastor is infinite. All of the redemptive work of Christ was essential for the gift of a pastor, of a true pastor. Jesus had to conquer the principle of sin and death and even the devil himself. If he had not conquered sin and death and crushed the head of Satan while he died on the cross, he would not have been raised from the dead. And he would not have ascended to the right hand of God the Father. And he would not have been able to give gifts to the church. Never forget that a true pastor is the fruit, just one of the many fruits of the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ. So as we are thankful for Pastor Keith tonight, we shouldn't just say, Heavenly Father, thank you. Lord Jesus, you are the Ascended One. Thank you for Pastor Keith. We should say, thank you for living a perfect life and dying a propitiatory death. And thank you for rising from the dead. And thank you for ascending to heaven so that as the Ascended One, you can give gifts to the church. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's not be just abstract and just say, well, tonight we were reminded that we should thank the Savior for the gift of a pastor. We should. But I'm just saying, please think about it for a minute. What did it cost Christ to purchase the gift of a pastor? It cost him a perfect life, a perfect atonement. He had to endure the wrath of God. He had to absorb that wrath. He had to die on the cross. He had to be buried in a grave. He had to rise from the dead. And he had to ascend to the right hand of the Father. Now, I come back to my point. My point tonight is, do you see the word? Gave. Verse 11. And he gave. Who gave? Christ gave. Christ gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastor, teachers. And we know why he gave, because I've already commented on that. I just want you to um, think about this. You know, um, it was 25 years ago that I turned to the same passage. And I said something like this to our congregation. Actually, all the 
the, the members of our church were gathered in what is now the preschool classroom. And I opened this passage and I said to our tiny little membership, and by the way, that was in 1986. In 1976, Pastor Keith made his first visit to uh, what was then called, I'm not sure, we went through, we had five different names in the history of the church. (laughs) We started Baptist Bible Church, and then we were uh, Christian Heritage Church for two hours, and then we changed it to um, Covenant of Grace Church, and then we became the Reformed Baptist Church of Owensboro, and then finally we became Heritage Baptist Church. I think back then we were probably the Reformed Baptist Church of Owensboro. Covenant. We were covenant. Okay, covenant of grace. And I said to our congregation what I'm going to say to you right now. Imagine us in need of a pastor. And we were then in need and remain in need of Pastor Keith. If we pleaded with God and Christ and wrestled with this passage and said, Lord Jesus, you know that we need more than one pastor. At that time, I was the only pastor. We need another pastor. Even if he's not fully supported immediately, we need another pastor. It's biblical. Lord Jesus, you're the head of the church. You lived a perfect life. You died a sacrificial death. You rose from the dead. You ascended to the right hand of the Father. The Apostle Paul tells us that you give gifts to the church, and one of those gifts is pastor teachers. Lord Jesus, please give us a pastor. And I said, what if Jesus walked through the door of what was then the preschool room and said, and walked in with Pastor Keith holding his arm, And came in front of us as we were gathered in that relatively small classroom and said, I've heard your prayers. And I do want to give you a gift. And this is the answer to your prayers. This is your second pastor. He's a gift from me, purchased by me, for you. And we looked at Pastor Keith and we'd say, wow, Christ gave us this pastor. Well, what I want to say to you is he didn't have to come down from heaven and walk through the door in order to give us Pastor Keith. He gave us Pastor Keith from heaven in answer to our prayers. Gift. A true pastor is a gift from the head of the church to the church. And that's how I want you to perceive of him and any true pastors. Purchased by Christ, given to the church. And on that occasion, I did something else that I want to do tonight. I'm going back to the old path. I'm going back to Ephesians 4, 25 years later. 1986. He came In 76, to visit, he moved in 77, and in 86, he was ordained and taught and taught and taught 
while he worked at Texas Gas for years and served us. And then later he was fully supported. And on that occasion, I actually brought this to the pulpit. I don't know if you noticed this was gone from your wall. But uh, some of you have seen this. (laughs) I didn't take anything else. (laughs) These are the words of Pastor Al Martin, who scribbled them out the night before he and I met. And he said, let's come up with some questions that we're going to ask him publicly. I'm not going to read them. They're beautiful questions. You should read them. 25 years ago, this year, this year, it happened to be in the month of April. 25 years ago, these questions were asked in the presence of God of Pastor Keith, and he answered them. And his answer was a demonstration that he was indeed a gift from the head of the church to the church. And on that occasion, the other thing I did that I remember so well is I took the little flock to a passage in Pilgrim's Progress, which I want to remind you of tonight. If you know the wonderful allegory, you know that early in Christian's, um, shall we call it, his pilgrimage to the celestial city, coming out of the, the city of wrath, He was told, you need to go to the house of interpreter. And when you get to the house of interpreter, he will give you information that will be helpful to you in your journey. And so Christian knocks on the door. and The head of the home comes and he says, I was bid to call here. That is to pay a visit for my prophet. And I was told that if I called here, if I visited here, you would show me excellent things such as would help me in my journey. And he gives him seven object lessons. We need to have another course on Pilgrim's Progress. In fact, we're talking about working that into Disciple You. Seven object lessons. This is the first. Then said the interpreter, come in, I will show you that which will be profitable to you. So he commanded his man to light the candle and bid Christian follow him. So he had him into a private room and bid his man open the door, the which when he had done, Christian saw the picture of a very serious minded person hang up or against the wall. And this was the fashion of it. This is what the picture looked like. And now he's going to tell us seven things. And I want you to listen closely because you know what they are? They're a picture of Pastor Keith. Listen. It had eyes lifted up to heaven. The best of books in his hand. The law of truth written upon his lips. The world was behind his back, implying that he had turned his back to the world. It stood, that is this person, as if it pleaded with men. And a crown of gold did hang over his head. Remember what the Apostle Paul said? 
From this time forward, there awaits me a crown. Then said Christian, what does this mean? The man whose picture this is, said interpreter, is one of a thousand. He can beget children, travail in birth with children, and nurse them himself when they are born. And whereas you saw him with his eyes lift up to heaven, the best of books in his hand, and the law of truth written on his lips, it is to show you that his work is to know and unfold the dark things to sinners. Even as also you saw him stand as if he pleaded with man. And whereas you saw the world cast behind him and that a crown hangs over his head, that is to show you that slighting and despising the things that are present for the love that he hath to his master's service, he is sure in the world that comes next to have glory for his reward. Now, said the interpreter, I have shown you this picture first, 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 because the man whose picture this is, is the only man whom the Lord of the palace, where you are traveling, has authorized to be your guide in all difficult places you may meet with in the way. Wherefore, take good heed to what I have showed you. And bear well in your mind what you have seen, lest in your journey you meet with some that pretend to lead you right, but their way goes down to death. This is Bunyan's portrayal of a true pastor. This is Bunyan's picture of one of our pastors. Pastor Keith, one of a thousand, eyes lifted to heaven, best of books in his hands, truth written on his lips, pleading with men, world behind his back, crown of gold over his head. We have reason tonight, and not just tonight, but whenever we think about a true pastor to say, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I know that this gift was purchased at an awful price. But how precious a gift. We agree with Bunyan. A true pastor is one of a thousand. Thank you for our pastor. And I just want to say personally, Pastor Keith, it's been a privilege for me to be your fellow pastor. Our friendship goes back all the way to 1977. I think that's 35 years. 35 years we have been friends. 25 years we've been co-pastors. And you've been faithful to me. I've told our congregation about times that you've been faithful to my soul. And you're still faithful. You're a gift to me. And you're a gift to these dear sheep. I love you. And we all love you. <laughs> and we thank the Lord Jesus Christ that he gave you to this church. Let's give thanks for a moment, dear brothers and sisters. Heavenly Father, again, 
We want to thank you several times for Pastor Keith. Thank you for his heart. Thank you for the the genuineness of being able to weep before your people. We thank you for his tenderness. We thank you for his passion. We thank you that he brings unique gifts and blessings to this church. We thank you for living a perfect life and dying a sacrificial death and rising from the dead and ascending to heaven and from that place giving us this man and this gift for our good, for our equipping. We thank you for 25 years of faithful service. We pray that you will make him continually useful to this congregation. May he, by your grace, continue to help equip us all so that we might, as a body, build ourselves up together by your grace so that each of us individually might see what our contribution can and ought to be for the building up of the body. Thank you. For Pastor Keith. Help us always to be thankful. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we wanted to take just a few moments to um, give you an opportunity.